true believers and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Open the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again from Matt Spectro through the multiverse. My name is Matt Spectro, and if you're joining us, you must be a fan of superhero animation. Lifelong fan of comic book superhero animation. And every week, just like the old team-up books of DC Comics Presents, Marvel 2-in-1, Marvel Team-Up, Brave and the Bold, it's me and a special guest talking superhero animation. Welcome to episode four. The subject of this episode... The Green Lantern. Yep, the Green Lantern himself. The only man who gets more powerful when he puts a ring on his finger. As always, like I said, we always have a special guest because as much of a fan I am, I don't profess to be an expert, so we always bring a special guest. And without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest. He is a friend of mine from way back and also the show's Green Lantern expert. Welcome to the multiverse, David. Hey, thank you for having me, Matt. I'm Dave. I appreciate you having me. I'm really looking forward to doing this podcast. Green Lantern, obviously, is a sweet spot for me, and uh, I think this is going to be a good time. Now, last week, I called someone the Batman expert, and that could probably be contested of people on my show, but I don't think anyone could contest you being the show's Green Lantern expert. Yeah, my credentials as a Green Lantern fan, are uh, they're above reproach. For our listeners, uh, explain a little bit about your love affair with the one called Green Lantern. And, you know, Batman's the Dark Knight, Superman's the Man of Steel, Flash is the fastest man alive, Spider-Man's your friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. Does Green Lantern have a, oh, a nickname? Well, the Emerald Crusader, the Emerald Knight, the Emerald Gladiator. Well, go into a little bit of detail uh, with your, uh, I guess, almost lifelong obsession with Green Lantern. Yeah, at this point, I've, I've been a Green Lantern fan longer than I wasn't a Green Lantern fan, which tells how old I am. No, I I, uh, got into comics when I was a little kid in the 80s, probably late 70s and early 80s. I was reading comics, but around the time that I discovered that there was such a thing as comic book stores and that you actually saved your comics and they didn't go into a toy box to get trashed, I discovered Green Lantern. I was back in 1985 during the crisis, and Hal Jordan was my guy from the Super Friends that I always liked, and, and they were teasing his return at the time. He wasn't Green Lantern at the time, and I uh, I came in at that point, and it was pretty pivotal. I was 11, and I've been reading Green Lantern basically ever since. So I always like to, on my show here in the multiverse, give credit where credit is due. Green Lantern, specifically Hal Jordan, was created by Gil Kane and John Broom back in, I'm going to get this wrong. 1959. <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say 59 or 60, so I was close. Don't forget Julia Schwartz, man. <laughs> Unsung hero of Green Lantern history, Julia Schwartz, baby. Today, we're going to be going back to July 28th, 2009, and the subject is Green Lantern First Flight. Better times. Better times for Green Lantern fans. I wish it was 2009 again. Now, up to this point, 
like you had, had mentioned, Green Lantern had showed up in the Super Friends, uh, the Justice League, even though it wasn't Hal Jordan, and uh, I think one of the DC Direct DVDs. But this is the first ever solo Green Lantern animated special television show of any kind. Yeah, it was a full-length feature film, direct-to-DVD, but it was a full movie. He'd been in a few shorts in the 60s, three of them. Obviously, like you said, he was on the Super Friends, and he'd been in Superman, the animated series. He made appearances there, but it was a Kyle Rayner-Hal Jordan hybrid, so it wasn't the real Green Lantern. They did New Frontier, which was a really a fleshed-out origin Hal Jordan story, but this one is a real Green Lantern story, and they don't really recap to what I remember. It's been a while since I've seen this. They don't spend a lot of time on his origin. They just move into an adventure. Well, it's funny you bring both those up because doing my research for the episode, they had said that they felt New Frontier had kind of covered his origin. So, spoiler alert for anyone, uh, we haven't watched it yet again, but that's why they supposedly, when we're going to review in a few minutes, they go through a very quick version of his origin. It worked out rather well. I mean, New Frontier is another one I haven't seen in a long time, but it kind of forced them to do something different creatively with this one. So they, they come up with the whole idea with with Sinestro and the, the first big real adventure that Hal has. Uh, in case you can't figure it out, spoiler alert, every episode we will be spoiling whatever we watch. So we'll get into a little detail before we watch. Like I said, I always try and give credit where credit is due. Uh, this was written by Alan Burnett, who had worked on Batman the Animated Series and pretty much had been a writer for almost every DC cartoon from Batman the Animated Series to this moment. Produced by Bruce Timm, who had also worked on Batman the Animated Series and pretty much every DC animated show, Justice League and Superman and whatnot. Directed by Lauren Montgomery, who I was unfamiliar with, but apparently she directed the Wonder Woman directed DVD animation. She directed Justice League Doom. Currently is showrunner for the upcoming animation, The Search for Wandla, for Skydance animation. I have no idea what that is, but I, like I said, I always try and give credit where credit is due. And normally I also go over a lot of the characters that appear. There are quite a few in this, so I'm not going to do my usual of every single character, but I'm going right. to give um, some Hal Jordan, voiced by Christopher Maloney, I believe is how you say his name, who yeah. most people will know from Law & Order SVU, and he also was right. actually DC Connection, was in the movie Man of Steel. And I think he was on True Blood. Not that I would watch that. <laughs> Just for the record, I would not never watch that show, Blood. but I think he was on True Blood. All right. Uh, also appearing, Sinestro, who was created also by Gil Kane and John Broom. Uh, he's voiced by uh, Victor Garber, who most of you will know as Martin Stein on the Flash television show, as well yeah. as uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He's appeared in a ton of, a ton stuff. of stuff. That guy's he, been around since we were kids. Yeah, he was on he most recently also on the last season of Shit's Creek. Sinestro, uh, your favorite villain or favorite, obviously your favorite Green Lantern. He's villain. my favorite Green Lantern villain. He He's right up there. If not my favorite villain, he's definitely top five villains, but definitely Green Lantern villain. Also appearing will be uh, Budica. 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 Yeah. Who, this, I need to get your opinion on. She's voiced by uh, Trisha Helfer, who was on, most famously known for Battlestar Galactica. Plus, she had a reoccurring character on Two and a Half Men. Smoking hot blonde. <laughs> That's all I remember about her. She was smoking hot. The character was created, this is what I got to get your opinion on. By Gerard Jones, Pat Broderick, Romeo Tanjai, Albert de Guzman, and Anthony Tolan. Why did it take five people to create this character? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they don't want to give Gerard Jones all the credit. That's probably why. They want to bury Gerard Jones' name as deep as they can. 
things didn't turn out so well for that guy. I mean, uh, thanks a lot, Gerard Jones. Now we have all sorts of trades we'll never get because of you. I'm barely familiar with this character, and like five people created her. They were they were hot on her in the Green Lantern comic for a while because she was like an empowered warrior woman, alien woman in the comics. So it was during Volume Three in the early days before Kyle Rayner's run. The last time that they had destroyed the Green Lantern Corps and restarted it, she was one of the new recruits that they were using. The whole use Boudica for the historical sense here in, in our world, and she was a warrior Amazon right. type. Uh, Kilowog, who was created by Steve Englehart and Joe Staten. He's My voiced, boy, Joe Staten. <laughs> he's voiced by uh, Michael Madsen, who most famously would be known for playing Mr. Blonde in Reservoir Dogs, but also the father in the Free Willy series. Um, and then he was in Kill Bill. Yes, he was. Yes, yes he was. was. Probably other stuff. Wyatt Earp, you know, numerous things. Yeah. That guy's um, awesome. Tomari, also created by John Broom and Gil Kane. Voiced by John Larroquette, most famously known for uh, playing Dan Fielding on Night Court. <laughs> and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That's right. He did the voiceover for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, this is the second episode in a row. Where Night Court has come up on my show. I'm starting to sense <laughs> a bizarre theme here. Might, might have to do a Night Court podcast. Maybe next is Marky week. Post done yeah, any, anything <laughs> comics? I don't know. I might yeah, have to call find her up. Yeah. Something that Marky What's she Post doing? Did. This one, I'm, I always, my whole life, have had a hard time pronouncing. Uh, Kajaro, Kanjaro. 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 I, always, I can never pronounce that. Kanjaro, yeah. <laughs> Created by uh, the great Gardner Fox. And uh, Mike Zakowski, I believe. I don't know. Mike Zakowski. Zakowski, yeah. sorry. Yeah, he was on JLA forever. This is why I have <laughs> Gardner Fox, the Stan Lee of DC Universe. <laughs> That's why I have I'll my... never take pass an opportunity to praise Gardner Fox. The man was a legend, totally unappreciated. I'm sure he's rolling in his grave right now with some of the things they're doing with his creations. We miss you, Gardner Fox. Um, he's voiced by uh, Kurtwood Smith, most famously known... As Red Foreman on that 70s show. Oh, that's right. Various other things, but that's what and I You know his voice when you hear it. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> and uh, finally, also, Hal Jordan's longtime romantic interest, Carol Ferris, also created by Gil Kane and John Broom. Right. Voiced by Olivia Dabo from The Wonder Ooh. Years. She's been in other things, but that would probably be that's, her most That's her uh, claim to fame. Famous role. There are other characters in there, but I, I uh, when I was coming up with my show notes, I'm like, all right, I've got like nine characters. Like This is going to be the longest <laughs> podcast ever if we go over all of it. So I couldn't find a lot of history into a lot of behind the scenes on the episode. Um, I couldn't find a lot of, you know, why they decided to do it, First Flight. It was one not. of their earlier movies that they did, so they didn't. I believe it, it was their fourth or fifth direct-to-DVD animated special. Was it? Yeah. So they were just really getting going with the DC animation, which the DC animation line is far superior to anything that they put out in movies probably ever. But at, at that point, they didn't have a ton of special features that they would put on the DVDs. Now they tend to have a little bit more because there's a bigger following. In. Uh, and at this point, um, 2009, was Hal Jordan Green Lantern again? I can't he was, Yeah, he came back, thank God, by 2005. He He... He was gone from about 1994, 1995 until 2005 when Jeff Jones came in and brought him back. So this is four years into the Hal Jordan era coming back. And it's two years before the live action movie with Ryan Reynolds. So things are on a high point at this point. If you're a Green Lantern fan, things were great. It's bizarre to me because for the longest time, like the big three, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but somewhere in the 90s to the 2000s, Green Lantern became this like, 
super popular character out of the blue where he was never had this popularity before. I don't know where that all, I don't know if it was the diehard Hal Jordan fans that when they got rid of him is what happened, but suddenly he became like this really big deal in the DC universe. DC, they were at that point, they started expanding their merchandise. So like if you went to Six Flags, they had all of a sudden that a ton of Green Lantern merchandise and DC Direct came out and they started making their own merchandise. So they wouldn't give you Hell Jordan in the comics, but they would give you $300 statues and $300 props. <laughs> so if you had disposable income, which most Hell Jordan fans did at that point, because we are all starting to age, you could buy a $300 statue and get no comic. <laughs> Thanks. Now, this is a first for the multiverse. This is the first time on my show we're going to be reviewing a direct-to-DVD animation. Up till now, we've always done episodes of cartoons. Mm. So this is the first ever direct-to-DVD animation we'll be reviewing on the show. Good thing you picked a long-winded person to review it with. <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice. Now, I'm also, sure your fans will, too. <laughs> I also found some differences between the movie and the comic, but we're going to save those later on for the review. Some uh, I was kind of fascinated by, stuff I did not know. So feel free to join us and watch it as well. Without further ado, we're going to take a break while myself and Dave watch Green Lantern First Flight, and then we'll be back with our review. Stay with us. Total teamwork, total tech, total justice. Now Batman joins forces with heroes like the Flash and Green Lantern, powered by new fractal tech gear to make their superpowers grow stronger than ever. So when the massive dark side tightens his evil grip, his breakthrough body armor strengthens Green Lantern with an extra blast of blazing firepower whips the flash beyond the speed of light and gives Batman the power to face Earth's darkest hour. Now, justice is stronger than ever. Total teamwork, total tech, total justice. Figures he's told seven. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern First Flight. Six Flags introduces Green Lantern First Flight, America's first vertical spin coaster. Save $25 at SixFlags.com. Now with the most coasters on the planet, go big. Go Six Flags Magic Mountain. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we're back. We just watched Green Lantern First Flight. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Spoiler alert. There will be spoilers. All right. Let's get it underway. For this 12-year-old movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, yeah, that's on you. All right, Dave. Took you back. Uh, you hadn't seen that in quite some time, right? So Yeah, it's been a hot minute. The opening, we get Hal Jordan apparently flying in his jet, talking to one Carol Ferris. Talking about how uh, she's been putting a great, what was it, the sangria? Was it? Yeah, yeah, he's talking about sangria, and he starts uh, throwing her under the bus for uh, the fun that they're having on the side right in front of all the employees. And um, Classic Hal. She makes Hal promise no stunts or surprises. I'm not sure how much surprises you can do on a flight simulator. A flight simulator. <laughs> uh, the surprise was on her, wasn't it? <laughs> But we we don't know actually at this time it's a flight simulator. It appears he's actually flying. <laughs> That's true. A jet, um, state of the art. Carol uh, 
She wasn't very in much of this. I was a little. I was expecting a little bit more. Carol Ferris, gotta say. Yeah, yeah. She was just there for the intro, and that's pretty much it. We cut to a scene of Abin Sir, bleeding, injured in his spacecraft. Purple blood, as a matter of fact. Now that I think about it, there's a lot of uh, blood, actually, <laughs> and violence in this movie. A little bit more than what we're used to here on uh, the multiverse. Yeah, no, this is definitely a PG-13 version of Green Lantern or any superhero animated movie. There's a lot of violence. And uh, what happens is that uh, suddenly there's a big flash of green when they're looking at the simulator. And you realize Hal is actually in a flight simulator. And he disappears, only to be transported where Ivan Sir's crash plane is. Well, plane, spaceship. His spaceship. <laughs> now, which is uh, very similar to the actual origin. They didn't really change that much. Uh, I Now, with the intro here, I'm actually shocked at how faithful to the comics it is. When Gil Kane and John Broome, when they did the in showcase, when they did the original origin, it's only a few pages. It's just a short story. And this basically is an updated version of that. I mean, it's in modern day, so the technology looks modern with the rocket ship that Abin Sur's in and the uh, simulator that Hal's in. But they actually, beat for beat, did the origin the same way, other than why Abin was actually dying. That's completely different. But other than the look, that's right there. Now, Hal goes up, and uh, I thought I was about to get annoyed when Abin Sur starts talking to him, but then Hal says what I'm thinking. How can you speak English? <laughs> yeah, they've actually made, in the comics and some of the animated shows, they point out to the audience that they're both speaking their native tongues, but the ring acts as a universal translator. And uh, a theme that's going to come across the more we review this is uh, the ring seems to have uh, gotten more powerful with different abilities over the years that they seem to add whenever the plot's convenient. Yeah, it depends on who's writing it and what they want. You know, you can do all sorts of things with the ring sometimes, and other times it's a little trinket. And uh, he uh, doesn't really explain a lot, but he explains that the ring has chosen Hal, and the ring flies off and goes onto Hal's hand, which immediately causes the Green Lantern costume to go right on to Hal. To appear on him. They eliminated the whole, the ring chooses one who is honest and born without fear. It doesn't come up in the cartoon. No, they don't actually say what the qualifications are, because I think in the comics they were... At that time, they were playing with what the qualifications were themselves, so I think they just steered away from it. Originally, it was you had to be born without fear and you had to be worthy, and uh, nobody's born without fear, so they've gotten rid of that. I think they just said, well, he's worthy. Close enough. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the Green Lantern expert. Originally, wasn't Avin Sir the Green Lantern of the same... uh Sector is Hal Jordan. Yes. Yeah, he's the se- he's the Green Lantern of Sector two eight one four, and he's been the Green Lantern for a long time. He was the Green Lantern during the Civil War right. here, so he, he's been he's been around a long time. But he never had to come to Earth because there was never really much need. And that's not even referenced uh, in the episode that he is the same from the same sector as Hal Jordan. Yeah, they never bring it up. So right after that, boom, the ship explodes. That's the end of. Uh, Avin Sir and explosion, boom, we cut to opening credits. Nice little um, pre-credit scene to get the ball rolling, I feel. Yeah, I like the way they did that here. They don't drag it out and make it an origin movie. It's a not a coming-of-age movie, but a becoming-the-hero movie, whereas they just get the origin out of the way nice and tidy, and they do it in the pre-credits, and it's done and moving on, carrying on with business. Yeah, some more stuff should do, like a little origin recap and then move on to our story. Yeah, we were saying before, they did that with the Hulk apology movie where they just recapped his origin in the beginning they should do that more often in these superhero movies so then we cut back to a scene of uh, ferris airlines or aircraft whatever the hell you want to call it 
And there's Hal with uh, the jet in a giant picnic basket. <laughs> uh, hand delivered. Green Lantern brings it back safe and sound. Hal walks out of the simulator acting like he has no idea what's going on. And everyone just kind of accepts it. You think you're going to find out Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, but no. He pulls the wall over your eyes. He's in the jet. He acts like, oh, what, yeah. what just happened? What, what just happened? I, I got no idea what's going on here. Who was that guy? And he doesn't even act all that surprised or scared, though, that the flight simulator is not even in the building anymore. It's- <laughs> he's, out in the, he's out in the front yard. Not even all that concerned. Well, that's hell for you. He takes it in stride. Now, uh, one thing, uh, looking up some differences in the comic, and this was actually, even though I've been reading comics almost my whole life, I never was aware of this. Apparently, and maybe you can either confirm or deny this, used to be that uh, you didn't get the GL symbol on your costume. You had to acquire it through training? No, uh, that's... Uh- that came later. That's that's a new thing. The Jeff Johns is real high on that, and other writers have used it where it's they try to make it like a badge, like a cop has, and you got to earn your badge. So as a trainee, you just have a white circle, and then eventually, when you become a, they sign off on your uh, paperwork and call you an official Green Lantern. Then you've earned your badge. Well, that would explain chest. why I never heard of that because because it never existed. They, <laughs> they pulled it out of their butts. That's why. All right, well, that's that's what I was wondering about that. I'm like, how come I never caught on to that in all the years i mean i didn't read every issue of green lantern but i don't remember that ever being brought up before. yeah that was never there in the silver age or bronze age or modern age whatever you call it it's an invention in the last few years so then uh showing up on uh, earth would be kilowog komari and uh what is her yeah. uh, budica budica i cannot yeah. say that for some budica budica yeah. either way and yeah. they uh they show up and they uh capture how kilowog calls him a poser <laughs> Poozer. Poozer. Oh, that's his okay. name. P O O Z E R. Yeah. It would have been hilarious if he did call I, him a poser. Uh, the whole time I thought he was calling him a poser. No, no. Poozer with a Z. It's his, it's his nickname for like, you knucklehead. Okay. That makes a little yeah, more yeah. sense. I was wondering how's this alien up to date on Earth slang? Yeah. No, no, no. That's a thing from the Inglehart Staten days. They come up with poozer. As much as in 2009, poser would be up to date slang. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. Then comes Sinestro and one of the most baffling lines I've heard in recent years I don't think we've been introduced why would you be introduced the guy just got a ring on his hand like a week ago like they never knew each other existed uh, two seconds before that (laughs) I don't believe we've been introduced I think he was trying to be clever perhaps yeah he's very aloof he likes to be above everybody so then they bring Hal to Oa you know to bring him in front of the Guardians and uh, well, describe your opinion on how they uh, betrayed Oa in the, this cartoon. I, I have some reservations. If as a fan, it's kind of iffy because the Green Lanterns have multiple ways of bestowing a ring on a new bearer, whether it's because a Green Lantern retired or a Green Lantern died in the line of duty. Sometimes the ring passes off and picks a new bearer right there. Sometimes the Guardian, the Green Lantern may have died in a way that they couldn't get a new bearer, so the Guardians will select them. So they've done it a number of different ways, but the fact that they act shocked that the ring chose this guy as if that's never happened before was a little befuddling. They've been around for all this time. They've probably seen rings pick successors millions of times at this point, but never a human. We cannot have a human holding a power ring. So then that makes me beg the question, has the ring ever chosen wrong before? Uh, they say no. <laughs> At this point in the story, it's never the rings would never choose wrong, which that also makes me wonder why the Guardians would question the ring's choice. 
So after that, they um, <laughs> this is another thing I like is uh, they criticize humans in getting the ring, and uh, one of their complaints is the smell. The smell, yes, yes. They don't like humans the, stink. Yeah, they don't like the smell of humans. Well, I, I kind of agree. I've been to a few comic conventions where I'd, I'd have to say I don't like the smell of humans either. So. Which is a little baffling because they literally have every alien in the entire known universe and none it, of the others. If they're going to be xenophobic, it's going to be against humans. You know, They're all united in their hatred against mankind. Sinestro offers uh, to train Hal. Very uh, Star Wars esque. They try and like Qui Gon Jinn tell him he's got too much on his plate and he shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> apparently, Kilowog is the guy who trains Green Lantern. Which yeah, I was referenced in the live action film. Yeah, along the way, Kilowog became the drill sergeant who trains Green Lanterns. He wasn't always that way, but they retconned it so that Kilowog was the the drill sergeant. So of course, you know, Kilowog gets a little miffed. You know, yeah, that's my job, pal. What are you What are you stepping on my toes for? And then um. He takes him over to uh, the power battery, which uh, looked a little weird to me. You you definitely took exception to it. Yeah, while we were I, I do not like. I mean, they redesign a lot of things in this movie, and most of it I'm fine with. I, the costume updates I'm fine with, and the way the ring looked, and the way some of the characters looked. They changed Abin, fine. I, I get that. The central power battery, I don't like. I just don't like the design. I get why they wanted to make it look a little different, but I. Would have preferred something more comic accurate there. Was it my imagination or did the power battery have yellow trim? Yes, it did. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, it never did in the comics. Uh, for here, now it's like metal. It's like this giant green metal ball with yellow trim. And I, yeah, it just really wasn't working. It looked like a Christmas ornament to me. I didn't look like the central power battery. It needed to have a big base and should be out in the middle of the square, almost like a statue or something that everyone would come up to and then uh hal uh goes to put his ring where sinestro explains a whole bit about it having all the thoughts of the universe and all that and the power of the battery and he goes on telling hal that he likes humans and the guardians have gotten kind of soft you know he's planting a little seed there but doesn't really get into much detail about that one just says the guardian's a little soft so then a little suspicious there a little bit a little bit a little suspicious there so what I'm a little confused about as well is this is he's training this new guy and his first thing to do with him is going to go and investigate finding Abin Sir's killer. They got to take care of old business. I guess that would make sense, you know. Hey, you you know you're the uh, the new Green Lantern. You're going to help me take care of the guy that killed your uh, predecessor. But it's a little it's a little odd because it does wrap right into the plot. So they go to this alien planet where they go to a local bar to try and find a little information. Our, our own little cantina scene. They find an um, alien female who apparently uh, knows the guy who killed Abin Sur. Cooch, I believe is his name. Cooch. Cooch, yeah. Cooch, yeah. She says she doesn't know anything. She even says a little sexually provocative line about how the Green Lantern costumes don't have zippers. <laughs> zippers, yeah. She's putting the moves on Sinestro. Kind of implies that, you know, she's had a taste of Sinestro before. She's trying to put the moves on him and smooth him over so he won't go after her. And so to entice her to give him some information, he's going to give her, you guessed it, the moon ball. The moon ball. Apparently, it's uh, this part of the galaxy's version of um, hardcore drugs. It looks like an illicit device that she shouldn't be having. And she doesn't tell him any info, so she doesn't know. So he keeps forcing her to get this high off the moon ball, which apparently, I guess, a little bit is good, but I guess too much is like gonna yeah he, nuts. It's clearly a, a it's a drug reference. It was like their version of like a heroin type thing. He's making her hold it. And she's begging him to stop. He ties her hands at one point. 
with the ball in her hand so she can't stop absorbing this drug that's in this ball. And you really get to see the sadistic side of Sinestro, how far he's willing to go bending the rules to get what he wants out of these people. And then classic underworld informant kind of scene. Exactly. And Hal puts a stop to it. Hal isn't going to stand for this. He's not going to say, well, he's a stand-up guy. Yes, he is. Which Sinestro does not like, which I'm not sure what he's expecting. Hal's job at that point is just to stand there and watch. And he's just not going to stand idly by and watch him torture these people, whether they're criminals or not. So then big fight breaks out because Abin Sir's killer shows up. And suddenly at this point, everybody else in the bar tries to protect him or whatever and attack <laughs> yeah they all decide they're going to take out a green lantern which seems like there would be some major repercussions i mean uh, can you imagine that if a cop goes into a bar in new york city and they're looking for a criminal and uh one of them actually takes a shot at the cop you can have every other cop in new york city is going to show up it wasn't until they did that that like they didn't seem to care the green lanterns were there until that very moment but then they explode. It makes it look like Hal dies in an explosion, but he actually falls into the sewer. Yeah, it's a big explosion. He's protected in a bubble. Looks like he's killed, but there's a blast in the floor, and he falls all the way through the floor to the sewer system, like you were saying. Which, some fights happen, and eventually, Sinestro and Hal survive and catch uh, Avancer's, uh killer. Yes. And Hal's one actually takes him down. Yeah. Sinestro, uh, you know, he really relied on Hal a lot, considering he was going to be training him. So the um, I believe the other Green Lantern showed up at this point to kind of help him uh, capture <laughs> him, if I'm not mistaken. They take him into custody. Then, I don't know if they're back on Oa or just a remote headquarters, and they go to the, the Green Lantern cafeteria. The cafeteria. I love cafeteria scenes. They're eating chow, and all the Green Lanterns are hanging out. It's like you're at the local precinct, you know, just chilling between their jobs. And then uh, Boudica, she shows up, and she sits at Hal's table. Yeah, she's the only one that's willing to spend some time with him. The other Green Lanterns, they don't want anything to do with him. They miss their friend Abin Sur. They don't like this new upstart human replacing the legendary Abin Sur. So we find out then that Sinestro is questioning the prisoner, torturing, if you will. So this guy's uh, he means business. He's uh, he's really got a mission here. And then we get into uh, the whole discussion of Kajaro and the color yellow being the yellow element, that this is what this is all about. Yes. Kind of not the original premise of the yellow from the uh, old series in the 60s. No, no, not at all. Not at all. This is almost Sinestro's origin movie in a lot of ways. A little bit, you know, yeah. it's They take care of Hell's origin in the beginning, and then it's Hell's coming-of-age story, but it's also Sinestro's coming into his own as a villain in this movie. So they have a big briefing about what's going to happen. This is my favorite part where uh, <laughs> Sinestro says... All right, we're all going to be back at 1,600 hours. So apparently aliens, aliens use military, military Ameri- time. Earth military, <laughs> Earth military time, time is used by aliens. <laughs> well, what's 1,600 hours on Oa? You know? Yeah, that one How was, long uh, is a day on Oa? was very, very strange to me. Well, maybe that was the universal translator on the ring. That could be. That yeah. could be. Maybe it was just yeah. how yeah. Hal heard it. Yeah, Hal heard it. Hal just hears four o'clock. So, Everyone else hears whatever time they need to hear. I guess you could go with that logic yeah. that everybody was hearing whatever their local time yes. would be considered. Not a plot hole. They bring up Kajaro not really looking a lot like his original design. No, no. He doesn't have the silver agey look to him. Yeah, the eyes, he does. The you know, eyes they keep are, the eyes right. They got rid of the short pants. They got rid of the short pants and the giant nose that he had. <laughs> Made him a little less humanoid, which is yeah. probably a better design when I think about it. Yeah. I mean, it was an updated look. I 
I've got a soft spot for the the Silver Age Kanjaro, but yeah. I know most of us have like no matter how bad or good something looked when we grew up, we kind of get stuck on it, even if the look is kind of ridiculous, yeah, right? Uh, so they're going to find him, and then he uh, does like this mind meld where we find out he's been working in cahoots with Sinestro. Sinestro, Sinestro's turn heel. What is this? <laughs> Now, is anybody See, really it ain't so, Sinestro. Surprised? I mean, his name is practically Sinister. Sinister. <laughs> well, in the comics, he debuts as a villain, and they give the backstory of how yeah. he became, he was fallen from grace. He's like the fallen angel, you know, the, the legendary Green Lantern that went wrong, the cautionary tale. But his story is told backwards in the comics here we get to actually see it play out differently and hal is a part of it they've changed sinestro's story a few times too over the years so what happens is uh they're gonna escape they're trying to escape from the green lanterns because uh it looks like the bargain kajaro and sinestro not exactly you know you know no honor among thieves if you will no no it's an uneasy alliance that they have here they're basically both waiting for the other person to double cross each other how many stories not only comics but with the villains win if they could just trust each other. If, if they just actually got along and didn't backstab each other, they'd all walk away rich. I don't get that. So then we get this big chase scene where uh, Kajiro and his people, they're going through a, like a wormhole and the lanterns follow them where we lose a couple of lanterns among the way. And it looks like we're going to lose them, but how? Gets to the ship first. He does. Yes, he gets there first, showing he's got the promise that they talked about. For a rookie, this guy, is uh, he's got the X factor, I guess you would say. <laughs> They should have been looking at Earth all along. So uh, Hal gets the ship, fights Kajaro in a like robotic Iron Man-esque type armor, which Hal, uh, of course, is going to beat him, but ends up losing. And then Sinestro, who I don't know how he got behind, but then he gets there before. He got there with no one seeing that he actually got in yeah. the <laughs> Yeah, Hal's out cold. Kanjaro's standing there and then Yeah, and he tries Sinestro to give a, you know, tries to bargain with Sinestro, try and work out the deal. They could still do it. And I totally believe Kanjaro, too. He's totally legit. He's like, let's not do this. Why are we fighting? We can both walk away. We can save this. Let's do this now. And Sinestro blast a hole in his chest and kills him. He did think about it first. He did think, <laughs> he did think about it. He's like, what are you doing? I'm thinking. Now, this was another thing I had read doing my research, and this could be just as false as the earning your uh, symbol. It said originally the lantern rings weren't lethal, but that changed over the years. Is that correct? It was never said outright that they were. Well, depends on the writer, but uh, right off the bat, I don't remember it being that it couldn't be lethal. It seems to me you could just create like a giant green sword. And, and cut stuff. the guy's head off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could do whatever you wanted with it. There were some other writers later that said there were safety protocols that you couldn't kill. And then Jeff Johns actually did the uh, the killing restriction was lifted. It was one of the laws that they installed that you could actually use lethal force. That came in the 2000s. It was a big source of story material. Huh. So then, you know, they get this big trial of how nobody The knows. mockery of a trial. <laughs> nobody boy, knows Hal. what happened to Kajiro because the lanterns wanted him alive because they needed the information for the yeah. yellow element. When they, by the time the other Green Lanterns get there, Hal's unconscious and they got a dead body and it looks like Hal did the deed. And everyone is uh, just thinks Hal did it recklessly, but Hal says he didn't kill the guy. Sinestro kind of speaks up for him. Yeah, what a pal. Says that he obviously acted in self-defense and killed him before he fell unconscious and doesn't remember it. And really... They should really be thanking the guy. But instead, they take his ring. They decide they're going to fire him. 
Now, let's take in mind, at this point, he's done almost all the work for Sinestro. He's done been more successful than Sinestro, yet they take his ring away like he's not, not doing anything good. But I guess if he killed the guy in his first mission, that, that might happen. And they were looking for an excuse to peel the ring off him right off the bat. And Hal, you know, of course, gets defiant. I mean, he's always being disobedient to the Guardians. That's straight up his character. Now, uh, then we go to, uh, he gets confronted, well, not confronted after he loses his ring. Uh, he gets a visit from Boudicca and Kilowog, where Kilowog apologizes, <laughs> thanks him for saving his life. Yeah, they don't just send him home. Like no, They could have just teleported him home right there, but they let him hang out for the afternoon. He gets a little toured. Like, that doesn't happen. You get fired from an office job. You're escorted. You're carrying your your box out, and you've got your plants and your pictures and your box, and they escort you out off the property. They should have teleported hell home right then. Instead, they're like, man, go hang out in the cafeteria. We'll take you home later. We'll find you a little ride. He's eating some food. And then, like you were saying, Kilowog comes in because Kilowog's actually got to apologize to him. They finally convince him to go figure out what Sinestro's up. Something's suspicious there. Hal definitely doesn't trust Sinestro. They go to confront him. And uh, at this point, before they confront him... And Sinestro, who is it right now? It's Boudicca, Kilowog, and, and, and Hal. But before this had happened, Sinestro uses the ring to reanimate the dead corpse of Kajaro and question him. Now, am I crazy or has this ever happened before? I don't remember it happening. I... In all my years of reading Green Lantern, I've never seen it happen, but I kind of dug it out. Eh. Yeah, he uh, animates his corpse and he was activating the synapses in his brain so he could get his memories and from having a him. full like, conversation with him. It's like, I just feel like uh, they keep inventing things the ring can do yeah. where it's convenient to the plot. Well, they wouldn't be the first writers to do that. So Green Lantern used to be able to pass through walls, turn invisible. You don't see any of that anymore. <laughs> and then they interrupt, realizing what's going on. And Sinestro explains how the Guardians are soft, but also it's, he's been lying to try and flush a traitor out of the mix. <laughs> what a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's been working the other side this whole time, Sinestro has. And then we find out, boom, Boudicca is working in cahoots with Sinestro. She does a heel turn and knocks out Kilowog. Turns on him and blasts him with her ring, knocks him into the wall, almost kills him. Not quite killing him because they need him alive because they don't want his ring to fly off his finger because that'll uh, well, yeah that'll alert the guardians it'll alert the guardians that there's a death rate there in the citadel but they do have Kilowog close to death because of Boudicca doing a heel turn like you were saying right there so she believes in Sinestro's cause now was she did she ever turn evil in the comics no no she never did no she was one of those like anti-heroes that was a total badass that you learned to love you know and she became a a trusted Green Lantern along the way but she well, wasn't I mean, she gotta be a great character it took five people to create her I mean yeah well she's nothing and she looks nothing like she did in the comics maybe part of her helmet's the same as all they kept big fight now hal has to do this save the day without a ring which by the way green lantern much like iron man they always love to come up with storylines where they have to be heroic without i i I have to admit i'm a big sucker for this i love sequences where hal saves the day or has to achieve a feat without the power of the ring you know he's in his little uh civilian clothes running around whether it's in the wasteland of you know, the Arctic or whatever, and he's freezing to death or fighting the predator. Always dug that. So he cleverly tricks her by dropping the yellow element and she shoots at it thinking it's Hal. Which I already said was unstable. Wait, Don't take a shot. Don't take a pot <laughs> shot at yeah. this, Actually, at this yeah, little scepter. Sinestro brought up that you can't attack me while I'm holding the thing. It, yeah, it's, it's going to make a huge explosion. You don't want that. Huge explosion. Boom. Blows her right through metal, killing her <laughs> as she gets 
Javelin. They even do the little tease. Hal's laying on the floor when the smoke clears. Her face is right in front of him. You're like, oh no, Hal's in trouble. Then you realize she's been impaled by all these objects. One more blood and another dead person at this Uh, point. Another dead one. So long, Boudica. It was nice knowing you. At that point, they're going to work with Hal. They're realizing the Guardians that Hal's not the bad guy. It's been Sinestro all along. Which could have gone horribly wrong. If Kilowog had died right there, there was no way Hal was getting out of that. Because her ring goes back to the Guardians, and that's what tips him off, and then kind of showing yeah. Hal's innocence. Thank God Kilowog lived to... <laughs> to save the day. To save the day. So then, Sinestro goes to court with the Weaponers. Now, here's another thing. Again, we're... we're <laughs> With these changes from comics to movie, uh, this list I've looked at, I think is wrong. They've been wrong on the things I've brought to your attention before. I think they might be right on this one, though. Cord is in section 324 in the movie, but I believe in the comics it was in the antimatter universe. Antimatter universe. It's not, yeah, it's not in a sector in our universe. It's in the antimatter universe, a negative universe. You have to traverse dimensions to get to Quard. All right, so finally, these uh, comics to movies comparisons are kind of actually right on these uh, so far, because the other ones were kind of... Uh, and, and Quard is right where the opposite of where Oa is. So if you go the negative space there, Quard is the opposite of Oa. And there was a moon. That's when Crisis on Infinite Earths, they had the two moons. Gotcha. So the monitor and anti-monitor were born. So they reveal to Sinestro this big, giant... I wouldn't call it a power battery, but it's like a yellow... Yeah, it was their own central power battery with a with a nice little Green Lantern symbol on it too, just like the Green Lanterns, (laughs) but in yellow. A little weird, but no no green trim. No, there was no green trim. (laughs) They were they were all yellow. It was all yellow, yellow and black. And they give Sinestro his yellow ring, and boom, he gets the new costume. He got that costume designed by Ethan Van Skyver. Fantastic costume, updated costume, which I. Some purists may not agree. I think is actually uh, far superior to the uh, original. I'm Sinestro. a purist, and I would agree with you. I think that costume change was much needed. He needed a costume of his own. That yellow and black is eye catching, and the design Ethan Van Skyver came up with is is really really good. It holds up to the test of time. And then a couple of Green Lanterns show up, and then boom, Sinestro just like wipes him out almost with a yeah, snap. Of sacrificial finger. lambs, cannon fodder. Kind of upsets me. They would put Tomar Ray in cannon fodder. Yeah, that was a little weird. I yeah, thought. he's a pretty big name, Green Lantern. But establishing at this point that uh, Sinestro is a ain't nobody to f with, as they say. No, no, this is this is Training Day on times one hundred. You're a big fan of the Training Day references. I do. I love Training Day. Yes, yes, I do. It works well. Sinestro to say uh, <laughs> King Kong ain't got, got on bleep on me. <laughs> that would have been beautiful if it done Sinestro had done that. I would have popped. So then, boom. Well, first, they go to Oa, and like five rings come crashing to the ground, and there's this big shock that he just wiped out like five Green Lanterns. The poo is about to hit the fan. <laughs> That's right. And then, boom, Sinestro goes with the power ring, and then it's just devastating. And they're just like blowing the hell out of Oa. He's just kicking the crap out of everybody. Yeah, he is. Don't they, in fact, blow up? Well, they blow up the power battery? I can't remember. Uh, it just- like, almost, looks like it's blown up and destroyed. You know, because they love destroying the central power battery. The central power battery gets wrecked. All the Green Lanterns get depowered. And I'm drawing a blank here. Do the Guardians directly get their power from the power battery? Uh, Apparently not in this movie. (laughs) Uh, Historically, the central power battery is powered by the Guardians' bodies. And there were 36 Guardians, 3,600 Green Lanterns. So each Guardian was responsible for the powering of 100 rings. 
but it went from the chain of power went from the guardian's bodies to the central power battery to the individual power batteries to the ring right. that is no longer the case in comics thank you jeff johns <laughs> so then you see all the the rings lose their powers nobody can fly they're they're really in yeah they're all now. deactivated they're all deactivated rings start falling from the sky yeah Yep, the, he, I think Sinestro even says something like, happy landing. Happy landing. What a, this guy had worked with all these people for years. He just murdered all his coworkers. Yeah, that brings up another point. Like, he thinks the Guardians are soft and they have to create, like, a new order. Like, so wouldn't he think he would need some of these other Green Lanterns to help this happen? Or are they all, is he just so power mad that they're all beneath him at this and point? And they're all beneath him. He's going to just start his own, his own thing. So then, Hal finds the power He finds battery. the central power battery. Yeah. He, he's the only one that's got the common sense saying, like, yeah, maybe I'll give it a crack and see what's going on with the central power battery. And yeah, I mean, he tries to uh, get it powered up. And he's, he, like, get, yelling, he gets like, inside. There's a crystal inside the power battery. It looks dormant, looks dead. He's trying to charge his ring off the crystal. He's standing inside the structure, which is a big hollow structure at this point, just trying to power his ring off a dead crystal. He keeps pounding it until he accidentally cracks the crystal. And a little bit of juice comes out through the cracks. And then finally, boom, power battery and Hal's in it. And he comes out and he is like supercharged. Supercharged. In fact, he that says. Super Sanyo or something. Yeah. Is that what the kids say? I don't know what they call it. But. He says, you thought I was green before. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's lit up like a Christmas light. Now, at this point. At this point, he's the only one with a power he's battery. He's the only one with a power, power ring working. Yeah. They're fighting in this asteroid belt. And then. The continuation of ridiculous things happening in this movie. Hal moves. The guy who got his ring like two days ago moves like two moons with his power <laughs> ring. Just completely moves two giant moons yeah. and crashes them together. That's a bit of a Mary Sue moment right there. He, he, the guy, like you're saying, he just got trained. He's not even trained yet. He's on his, he's on training day and uh, he's learning on the, on the way and. He's fighting the most decorated Green Lantern in Green Lantern Corps history, Sinestro, the one that all others aspire to be, and he's taken it to Sinestro. Granted, he is supercharged. Yeah, that is, uh, you do have that. It can only last so long being supercharged like that, though. And then I got to say, him and Sinestro have one hell of a fight. Like They're, they're throwing haymakers. They're like... <laughs> yeah, not just using the power rings on each other. They're, uh, they're just meat and potatoes pounding each other. It's like just Rocky and Apollo them. Creed right there in the ring. They didn't hear no bell. Finally, what happens also is suddenly Kilowog first realizes his ring is starting to charge again. He was the only one that wasn't a coward and gave his ring over to Sinestro. Sinestro collects all the rings while Hal is over investigating the central power battery to see if he can get any juice out of it. Sinestro decides he's going to add insult to injury and he's going to take the ring, even though it's not working, the ring from every one of those Green Lanterns that are standing around protecting the Guardians. And And Kilowog is the only one that won't turn his ring over. Which is why when the ring starts working again, he's the only one with a ring. So finally, Hal just forms a giant baseball bat, slamming the power battery, <laughs> sending Sasho crashing to Oa, where he lands in a big crater. Hal's pretty much saved the day at this point. Yeah, he's, he's knocked Sinestro down and out. Sinestro's laying in the crater. He's had his butt kicked. He tries to get up. And Kilowog comes in and steps on his hand and crushes his <laughs> ring. I didn't realize the rings were so flimsy. 
Like he uses a little claw and he destroys all the green lantern rings with his little claw that he made. Kilowog just steps on his ring and crushes it. Like I thought the things were like indestructible. Breaks like his hand. You can see his fingers are visibly like. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird how fragile the rings seem. It's like to be a Faberge egg or something, you know. So uh, they say they not killing Sinestro, which is good because a lot of these modern day live action animation they have a tendency kill to the kill villain. the villain. We're never going to need this actor or character again. Jack Nicholson cost way too much to bring back in the sequel. Let's kill him off at the end of the movie. So it's not sad, but you assume that Sinestro is held captive. Captive. They would throw him in a science cell and he would await trial and, you know, escape, of course, because he always escapes. But it's perfect, though, because they left, you know, it's perfectly set up for a sequel. Yeah, plus we Hal ruins his big plan, so he has a reason to specifically hate he, Hal, Hal more than everybody else. Sets up the Hal-Sinestro rivalry that will go on forever. I guess one complaint I would have is Sinestro does the typical... The typical heel turn of, in pop culture where the first half, he's almost like a different person. Like he has this righteous mission in his own head that he's going to save the universe and bring order and the Guardians aren't doing enough. But then when it's revealed what he's doing, suddenly he becomes a psychopath and has no use for anybody and has no yeah. problem killing Green Lanterns left per- and right. Apparently the yellow power ring just corrupted him. Absolutely. I suppose, yeah, I suppose you could go with that argument that he was corrupted by the yellow ring. I, you might be able to get away with it. Not that they said that in the movie at all, but I mean, I guess you could do that. So then they go to a big memorial celebration where they've now embraced the next day, yep. Hal Jordan. They never should have doubted him. He they all, they all get together. They're cleaning up the mess. The yard's still a mess, but they got the central power battery working. It's like the scene at the end of Phantom Menace, you know, where they're all hanging out ready for the parade, <laughs> you know, and Palpatine's with them, you know, like holding up the orb and they're all celebrating together kind of similar thing here we're gonna we're all gonna get together and charge our rings at the same time and and by the way we're gonna thank this new guy well, hal jordan he, well i mean where would they been without him this uh, guy was at his ring for like two days is the greatest green lantern who ever lived well better late than never i guess they finally realized it so to be fair um you said it earlier he, there's a bit of a mary sue thing going yeah, on here a little yeah. bit with if i take my hal jordan blinders off which are pretty much tattooed right on my face yeah, he, there are some Mary Sue moments in this movie. Yeah, he could have done a little bit. He could have f- needed to fight a little harder. And then the Guardians say, our newest recruit should lead us in, in the saying oath. the oath. <laughs> Which you just learned that morning. Yes, he even <laughs> says that. I just learned that moment. You guys get it right. And here's a question I've always had. You know how, um, like, the, the Power Rangers always said it's morphin time, and He-Man always said by the power of Grayskull. Will the ring not charge if you don't say the oath? No, no, that's not, no, no, that's just a misconception. You can charge a ring with or without it. It's just an, you know, a thing that Green Lanterns feel honor bound to do. But I always yeah. wondered that because I always wondered that about He-Man and the Power Rangers too. <laughs> they always have this thing they have to say and you wonder, they don't say it, does it not Would it work? not work? It would be great if you forgot the oath. Would it be like uh, Ash and Army of Darkness, you know, where you forget the actual words? But um, pretty cool moment when they do the, uh, the Green Lantern oath. It was yeah. pretty cool to hear that. To my knowledge... That's the first time Hal Jordan's ever done an animation for him. I don't can't remember if John Stewart did it during the Justice League. Uh, Hal John Stewart did it in that two parter for the Justice League animated show, the one where they did the story where they blame him for the death of that world. And oh yeah, and, yeah. At the end, he actually has that righteous, you know, version of the oath that he says is awesome. I, I love that episode. But um, he does lead them with the oath here, and then they they wrap it up, and they're like, "Where are you off to now? Like you're his boss. You don't know where Hal Jordan's going. Don't you tell him where to go." He says he's got to answer to his other boss. I got I to gotta go clock in with my other boss. And he flies to Earth and says, 
Something to the effect of uh, it's going to be one long commute. This is yeah, I mean, this is going to be a long commute. But it was a perfect way to end it. It was a nice little setup. It's a nice way to end it. Now here's something not necessarily related to this, but I have to ask you. This has been a hang up of yours for life. The boots. Did they get the color boots right? They got the <laughs> color boots right. They did not color his boots white. That drives me crazy. I don't know how many times I've seen that in comics where the colorist. I don't know what colorist they hire that doesn't know what color a Green Lantern's boots are. Like, you wouldn't make Superman's boots yellow. You know, you would know that. Why would you make Green Lantern boots white? They did not make that sin in here. They didn't give him the white gloves, but eh, I can deal with it. It was a nice, a nice aesthetic with the green cuffs and the black gloves. Worked all right. And there you have it, folks. Green Lantern first flight. So... We're going to jump to the spectrometer on this one. The legendary spectrometer. The legendary the world yes. famous spectrometer. Yes. Zero being absolute dog poo and four being you can't get any better than that. First, not as a Green Lantern fan, but just as a piece of animation, how would you rank Green Lantern First if, Flight? If I had never seen Green Lantern before, putting it aside my fandom and just looking at it in terms of story, I would give it three spectros on the spectrum. Yeah, four. I, I would agree with that as well. I was going to give it three. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, my only complaint at all about it as a whole is it's a bit busy where I feel like they had a lot going on. They have like Hal Jordan's becoming a Green Lantern, Sinestro doing a heel turn, this big plot with the Guardians, explaining the, the, the underworld that yeah, they're there's in contact with. a lot going on in there that maybe bogged it down a little bit. Um, a lot of the reviews I read during my research, a lot of people, they didn't hate it but it didn't get like rave reviews when it came out i don't know how to what to attribute that to i think in its defense i think the pacing is really good it flows the beats of the story it just kind of goes boom 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 nothing really holds it back i do think you got a good point with the the plot being heavy like it was plot heavy in the middle with sinestro and this underworld and the people he's working with and the you know he's doing the heel turn there is a lot going on right there, but I think the actual pacing of the scenes are really well done. I don't think it was too long and it wasn't too short. They could have maybe gotten rid of some of the characters or merged some of them like catch, you know, they, they go after catch, but he leads to Kanjar row and Kanjar row ultimately leads to Sinestro. So there's that maybe they could have taken something out in the middle, but. And as a lifelong hardcore Green Lantern fan, what was your take on first flight? I, I would still say three. Yeah, three. I'll go with three uh, spectros on the spectrum. I wish it was a little more faithful to the comics, but I can't help that. Aesthetically, I wish some of the things that looked more like the comic. But I, Oa did look like the comic, though. I, I have to actually give them credit for that. You think it would have behooved them to do a story on Earth or was doing an outer space story right off the bat the way to go? I think outer space was the way to go. Because you figure anyone that watches this, there's a lot of people that have never seen Green Lantern before. How many people watch this or will watch it that don't know anything about Green Lantern? You want to get them immersed in the mythos. And they're not going to get immersed in the mythos if Hal Jordan's taking on Black Hand or the Shark or the Tattooed Man on Earth in an alley somewhere. This sets up the whole mythology of the Green Lantern Corps nicely. And that was a good thing. I thought this also was a nice jumping off point for a lot of future storylines if they yeah. do more which i believe they've only done one other they animated did green yeah lantern they had special. one sequel to this green lantern emerald knights which is an anthology story arguably better than this the other question that we always discuss no matter who's on no matter what we're reviewing if a kid today came across green lantern first flight what do you think their take on it would be i think a young 
young boy of 10, 11, 12 might actually really enjoy this. It's uh, a little, it's a little violent. Yeah, so it, is. it might have to be a slightly older kid, but I think it's a enough. lot of blood. Yeah, a lot of blood. Purple blood, though. A lot Purple of blood. violence, yeah. <laughs> I think it's enough that a kid would enjoy it. There's a lot of cool stuff going into space. The fight scene at the end, I think, is really good. The animation, I thought, was excellent. Of all the things I reviewed, even though we're only on episode four, but of all the episodes <laughs> we review, I think it's had the best animation of anything I've reviewed so yeah, far. The, the animation's solid. The acting solid. The voice work of all the characters that they had was good. The character selection, I didn't have a problem with the Green Lanterns they selected. There were a lot of Green Lanterns that were in the background that didn't even have lines, but looked good on, it was just good to see them there. I knew who they were, but the animation style was really good. Sometimes the animation will be good, but I don't like the style of it. This I did. I, I thought this worked very well. All right. What did you think? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. Give me your thoughts. Go to my Facebook page and uh, give me your opinion as well. If you liked it better than us or hated it more than us, great. We're not begrudging you for liking it more or disliking it. It's all, we all like opinions here. But yeah, go to my social media. Give me your two thoughts. Two thoughts? Is that what this is? Two thoughts, two cents. <laughs> Some people only like have two thoughts. You. Hopefully they have more than two thoughts. But yeah, definitely go to my social media and give us your take on uh, First Flight. Uh, before we wrap things up, I have to ask as a Green Lantern fan, in a short answer, your thoughts sure. on the live-action Green Lantern movie? Well, you know, if I could really just elaborate here for... No, okay, I'll keep it short. Uh, the Green Lantern movie I waited my entire life for, and it was terrible, and it hurts. Hurts my inner soul that that's what we got. Would you, if they did another one, would you uh, keep Ryan Reynolds, or would you want somebody else? he's not the guy I would have picked, but I don't think he was the problem with the movie. If they wanted to use Ryan Reynolds, I would be fine with it, but I would also be fine with them recasting the role. Now, this is kind of an unpopular opinion, even though I don't think it's a great movie. I, I think it's gotten overblown the amount of flack it's gotten over the years. I don't think it's as horrible as people make it out to be. No, it's not Batman and Robin. It's not tank girl. I mean, it's, it's just not very good. Uh, it feels like something they would have made in the mid nineties and is the, the villain, it doesn't have a strong villain. You've got two villains. They're both very, very weak. There's just a lot of things going against it. The, the best part of the training sequence is on Oa right, and well, Mark Strong as Sinestro. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us in the multiverse. Hope you'll come back for another episode. Maybe Green Lantern, possibly something else. I had a blast. You know what? I, I have a lot of fandoms, so there's a lot of different episodes. I would love to come back sometime. But I also look forward to listening to your other episodes. Like I said, go to our social media. Tell us what you thought of Dave. Tell us what you thought of the episode. If you have suggestions, things you'd like reviewed, whatnot. It's like I said, I'm on Twitter as Matt Spectro. And I'm also at Matt Spectro on Facebook. If you could also uh, subscribe to the podcast give my facebook a like give me a five-star review really appreciate it spread the word out try and uh, uh help me out and uh spreading the channel and hopefully the channel just improves and we have more fun as the time goes so until next week i want to thank you for joining us and come back one more time for matt spectro through the multiverse Excelsior.